All right. Welcome to Sweet Nightmare, everyone. We've we've had quite the hiatus. Yeah. It's been a while. Um, so forgive us if we're a little bit uh, rusty here. <laughs> yes, but we are back and we have a new case to review. Chris is making really intense eye contact with me. This is a really intense topic. Yeah, actually, let's just put a bit a bit of a trigger warning on this one. Yeah. Because shit gets real, y'all. Like, it's not for the faint of heart. Um, if you have some issues with rape and graphic descriptions, I would not listen to this one. Yeah, it's it's a rough one. It was definitely, like, doing, like, the research and stuff. It was... Yeah. It's not fun, but... It's not fun, but there are various things that I think are pretty funny in this story. So we'll try to make light of those and have the right tone for the rest. Yes. So I guess we got started. Here's episode 14. I don't even know. I think so. That's what the notes say. I'm really glad I have a co-host now, (laughs) basically. I think, yes, it's episode 14. We're going to talk about the Ken and Barbie killers from Canada. Yes. And I hadn't really heard much about this case. I think the first time I actually heard about it was when I was watching um, Don't Fuck With Cats. Yeah, same. And the messed up guy that was the the serial killer in that, like, what did he claim about the Ken and Barbie killers? I'm I think blanking. he said that, like, Carla, um, who we'll get into, but I think he was saying that she was, like, stalking him. Oh, yeah, okay. (laughs) Like, randomly. She was saying that Carla, who was the Barbie of the Ken and Barbie killers, was stalking him and, like, obsessed with him. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that was it. Yeah, it was just, like, kind of a brief mention, but it did make me, like, super interested and I wanted to know more. I've never heard of it. Yeah, interesting name. Yeah. So that's when we looked it up and we're like, shit, this is actually a crazy story yeah. of like two psychopaths, like a match made in hell, pretty much. Exactly. Um, and like, I think she's just as psychopathic, but we'll get into that. Uh, so just to cover off their childhoods pretty quickly, uh, Carla had a pretty messed up childhood. Her parents were pretty like weird. I would say. That's a, that's a nice way of putting it. Yeah. So Carla was born in 1970 in Port Credit, Canada. Her dad was a traveling salesman and an al- alcoholic. And she had two sisters. And one of them you will learn more about later. God rest her soul. Spoiler alert. Wow. Maybe we should cut that part out. <laughs> Um, but yeah, her parents had a bit of a rocky relationship. Her mom found out that her dad was cheating and for some reason thought it would fix the relationship if the three of them, the mom, the dad, and the girl he was having an affair with, had a threesome. It's baffling. So I'm sure the dad was happy with that choice, but... (laughs) Really worked out in his favor. Not so sure that it (laughs) fixed the marriage, you know, that's up for debate. Uh, but yeah, Carla, growing up, was a very weird child. She apparently was very bossy, and she was a little bit strange, like, really interested in the occult and doing seances and stuff. She would put weird little circles on her arms with, like, nail polish. Like, <laughs> I don't know what that's about, but it's just strange. Um, she definitely didn't 
dress like other kids. She wasn't afraid to swear. She really didn't care what anyone thought of her. And she was a little bit all over the place. Like her friends would say that she had really, really high highs and very low lows. And she threatened to kill herself a couple times to her friends. So I don't know. It seems a little yeah. I mean, yikes. just her even her growing up story. Like it doesn't surprise me where she ended up going. Like she just yeah. did not have a well up a, a good upbringing. So like it was not not bound to be good, something good you know yeah it seemed like she just always wanted attention even if it was the worst kind of attention yeah that's a really good way of putting it like for example one time she made a parachute for her friend's hamster tossed it out the window and then she digged up the dead hamster to see what a decomposing body looked like that's okay that's like really disturbing <laughs> like the parachute alone okay. like imagine <laughs> crafting a tiny parachute for a hamster I, well, when I think of that, the first thing it makes me do is smile. Just imagine a little hamster with <laughs> yeah, a parachute. Yeah, but then it dies. But then, yeah, then you throw it. Like, who does that? And, like, why would the friend even let her do that? And my like, question is, if she wanted to see what a decomposing body looked like, did she purposely make the parachute faulty so it wouldn't work? I mean, I, I, <laughs> I don't know. You could probably speculate that. <laughs> I don't know. It's just very weird. Like, especially because she also wanted to be a vet. So... For someone that apparently loves animals, you shouldn't probably make handcrafted parachutes and hope they live. Yeah, I think those are a little conflicting, but... Yeah. Um, And then getting into her sex life, like in high school, she dated someone named Doug before she met Paul, of the couple that we're going to get into. And she claimed that he and she and Doug had a super crazy, like, BDSM sex life. But then her friends would talk to Doug, and he'd be like, um, our sex life is, like, totally vanilla, like, totally normal. So, just another example of, she just had this weird, like, dark side where she was always seeking attention. And need for attention, yeah. That's, like, the big thing. And it seemed like she always wanted to, like, stand out somehow. So, that was Carla. Definitely rocky, weird childhood. Um, But honestly, like, it seemed like it was just kind of, like, her parents didn't have a great relationship, that's clear, but otherwise, it seemed like she had an okay, like, environment. Yeah. So, I think that that's a sign that she's, like, she's a psychopath. Like, yeah. she's the one that's messed up. Yeah. No, I would agree. Now, Paul, on the other hand, I would understand why he... Well, I don't understand why he's a psychopath. Like, there's no excuse for the things that he did, but he had a really messed up childhood yeah Um, yeah like really bad uh he was born in 1964 in scarborough ontario um her his dad was an absolute horrible excuse for a, a person he had charges for pedophilia child molestation being a peeping tom and molesting paul's own sister he verbally and physically abused the entire family and Paul's mom, like, got the shit end of the stick so badly from it that she suffered from depression, and she eventually just moved to the basement because she just couldn't handle it. Yeah, no, I don't blame her. I would have probably moved to the basement as well. <laughs> I would have moved out of the house. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, and Paul, for the most part, was described as happy and normal and well-mannered um, despite growing up in such a horrible environment. 
Um, but when he learned that his dad was not his real dad and his mom had had an affair, Paul kind of like did a flip flop and then started verbally abusing his own mom, probably like for lying to him and stuff. So I think he just got like a rage inside of him from being lied to his whole life. Yeah, I think that's like kind of where everything shifted, right? Like, yeah. Like you said, like everyone said he was like, honestly, like considering the circumstances, he was really happy and... Once that happened, though, once he found out that situation with his mom, it's like everything flipped and he turned to not a great guy. I wonder if it's because, like, he was pissed because he's like, you had me believing this piece of shit was my dad my whole life and I could have known that it wasn't. Like, Yeah, I don't know. that. I mean, that would be horrifying to find out, like... Yeah. 16, at 16, you know, like, that's yeah. a long time to not know. Yeah. So. Also, just a random tidbit that I thought was hilarious. He wanted to be a rap singer. <laughs> like, picture, like, the whitest guy that you could imagine. And just, like, yeah. from Canada. Like, he lo- yeah, he's, like, blonde hair. <laughs> like, it's, he looks like a Backstreet Boy almost. Yeah. Back like, in the more day. vanilla, though, than a Backstreet back <laughs> Yeah, maybe, like, 98 Degrees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe S Club. S Club 7? S Club 7. Great show. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, Paul started growing up. He started working as a salesman and used techniques to flirt with women. So that was kind of probably how he started dipping his toes into, like, luring women. Um, he had really dark sexual fantasies and was really abusive, like threatened to kill women if they didn't do things that he wanted them to do. So it was kind of like starting then his abusive nature. And I think it kind of continued into something a lot worse. Um, so Jumping into Paul and Carla meeting. So the first time they crossed paths was October 17th, 1987. And just keep in your in the back of your head that there's already been three attacks linked to the so-called Scarborough rapist at this point, which we'll get into a little bit later. Um, but Carla was 17 and he was 23. They met in a hotel restaurant and hours later, they were already having sex in a hotel room. So... Very instant, Jeez. instant, uh, probably not love, but lust. That's, that's like really crazy if you think about for a 17 year old, like you're so young, like, yeah, that's, that's pretty escalating pretty quick there. Yeah. I think their relationship was very like fast moving. Yeah. Um, her family loved Paul. Like they treated him like a son. Her sisters like thought he was the brother they never had. And he lived more than two hours away from Carla, but he would make the drive to her, like, multiple times a week. So they were pretty inseparable, and her fam- her family loved him. Um, but a year into the relationship, she started venting to her friends that he was verbally abusing her. Um, which, ding, ding, ding. Red flag, yeah, Carla. But every single time, she would forgive him. Yeah. So on Christmas Eve in 1989, they got engaged in Niagara Falls. So just a little over two years after meeting, they were engaged. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Not great. Not so, great. So that would have put her, she was what, like 19 then when they got engaged? I believe she was only like 19. Yeah. Yeah. And he was 25. Wow. So, I don't know. Not a very strong foundation. 
And it seems like it was founded on him kind of trying to control her and abusing her. Right. And to be honest, I don't think she minded. I think it was more like as long as she could call Paul her own, then she didn't care. She's kind of weird, so she might have been into it. Yeah. Um... So, during this whole time, Paul was raping girls like crazy. Nobody knew it was him since 1987. And the police were referring to him as the Scarborough Rapist. Um, So, during a five-year period, he had about 24 rapes or attempted rapes. And he mostly went after young teenage girls or young women. Uh, They almost always happened outside. But one time, he broke into a 15-year-old victim's house and ran away because her mom came into the room. That's bold yeah he was like very ballsy um and he would like beat them and verbally abuse them and would threaten to kill their family if they told anyone um he was he was very ballsy so may 4th 1987 he raped a 21 year old in the front of her parents yard after he followed her home and then may 14th 1987 he raped a 19 year old woman in the backyard of her parents house and it was just always like backyard or front yard like just no shame yeah that's crazy and those are only 10 days apart like this fool was out of control yeah um he had a lot of close calls with getting caught like in 1988 he had picked up another 15 year old from a bus stop and an investigator noticed him hiding under bushes and tried to like grab him but he got away that part kills me because like honestly if they could have gotten him then like yeah it could have prevented everything that's going to come you know yeah um and then this one was significant so may 26 1990 so this is like he's well into his engagement with carla um he raped another 19 year old but this victim remembered him super vividly and they put out a computer composite and published it in the toronto newspaper and it was all over the news. It got, like, 16,000 responses from this computer composite. Wow. And three of those people said it was Paul Bernardo. That is insane. Yeah. Insane. And nothing just ever came of it. Well, they questioned him twice, and each time it only lasted, like, 30 minutes. He even provided samples for testing, which, again, it's, like, <laughs> so ballsy. Like, he didn't have to do that. He just voluntarily gave his DNA. Yeah. I think and a lot nothing of happened. narcissists, like, just believe they're never going to get caught. Right. So they're like, sure, why not? Yeah, like, you guys are smarter, so stupid. Yeah. Smarter than the police, smarter than the investigators. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you watch interviews, because there's interviews on YouTube. Um, I think it's for after they caught him, though. Yes. But he still has this, like, pompous, like, attitude. Yeah. Like, nothing can touch him. He's a real D-bag. Yeah. And the, de- the detectives thought he was really credible and just released him. Great job, team. <sighs> yeah. But I think also he provided sampling because DNA testing in 1990 was, like, so new. And they only had one qualified scientist in Toronto. That's not nearly enough. Yeah. Which so, probably explains why nothing really came of it. Yeah. Well, eventually it did. But well. sam- his sample was put in a backlog of, like, 50,000 samples. Oh my so gosh. it's, like, it's going to take forever yeah. to figure out if it was him, you know? Okay. Now we're going to get into a rather graphic scene. It's yes. very disturbing. Disclaimer, um, if you're not into hearing graphic stuff, I would 
tune out now and catch us next time. I might scoot. I might skoom. I might skim over some of the really gross stuff and it, all this stuff you can find online. Like, yes. Yes. You can read more about it. If you want. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So Carla had a 15 year old sister who loved Paul, like thought of him as an older brother, like looked up to him. Um, and he also kind of had a weird obsession with Tammy. Um, and I, he liked that he, she was like his like total victim target, right? Like 15 year old, vulnerable, vulnerable. He liked that she was a virgin Yeah. and Carla wasn't a virgin. So it was like, he wanted that aspect of things. So in 1990, uh, almost a year after they were engaged, he started pressuring Carla to let him have sex with Tammy. Like how? Pause. Yeah. How does that not floor you? Like, I know. if your fiance is trying to bang your sister who's 15, yeah. like, that's time to run for the hills. Well, Carla always wanted to please Paul. Like, she would just do anything to make him happy. She called him her king. Ew. Yeah. Cringe. And Paul was, like, upset that Carla wasn't a virgin when they met. So he was like, oh, let me take Tammy's virginity then. Like, kind of guilting her into it. He would make Carla dress up as Tammy and act like her during sex. That is disturbing. Yeah. So disturbing. He would watch her undress outside of her window, and Carla, like, so that he could see better into Tammy's room, broke her, like, window shades so he would have better access. I don't even know what to say. Like, that's just disgusting. Like, to do that to anyone is horrifying and disturbing but like your own sister i know that's so yeah so in like even one instance he took tammy across the border to get beer i don't really know like what border like maybe into the united states probably because of like a different drinking age maybe potentially i don't know i don't know but Maybe he even treated it like a little adventure for the yeah. two of them. Um, and Paul told Carla that they made out. So, like, one step closer. So creepy. I mean, I also think, like, Tammy, if that happened, wouldn't she feel, like, a sense of guilt for her sister? Like, something's not right here? Maybe, but you're so young. Like, you don't know what's happening. Like, she's only 15, you know? Like... Yeah. Um... There was multiple attempts, like, to rape Tammy or to rape her friends. Like, in July of 1990, Carla agreed to let Paul have sex with her, and she got Valium from the vet clinic that she was working at. And they put her to sleep by mixing the Valium with the spaghetti, and Paul started to, but she woke up. So that was, like, his failed attempt. And then that same summer, they had Tammy and her friends over for, like, a sleepover, and they drugged the soda, and her friends were like, this soda tastes weird. So they didn't drink the rest of it, and, like, that was another failed attempt. Like, what the hell? Why are, like, now we're drugging... Teenagers. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But, like, if you think about it, those teenagers were probably so excited to be hanging out with, like, older kids like in oh their 20s like yeah. drinking or whatever you it's so cool like you, well you have an older sibling too like you always wanted to hang out like it was cool to hang out with your older siblings you yeah. know and so yeah they're probably excited like yeah and they had no idea 
So that leads me to Christmas Eve, 1990. Wow. Special timing. Yeah. Everyone went to sleep except Paul, Carla, and Tammy. And they kind of tricked Tammy by being like, oh, come drink a, a rum and eggnog cocktail like with us adults. Yeah. You know? They were like, let's watch a movie in the basement. So they laced her rum and eggnog with animal tranquilizers this oh time because they were stronger than Valium. Um, and Paul raped Tammy while Carla filmed it. The same video camera that they just taped Christmas on, like opening presents mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, and whenever she would start to wake up, they would dose her again, like with a rag. That is horrifying. Yeah. And Carla also raped her own sister. So they took turns. It was on film. Disgusting. Um, eventually, Tammy starts to vomit and choke. And they get her all dressed and cleaned up and call 911. So, ugh. I, I, I have no words. That's why I'm saying, like, she is just as psychopathic. Like, I don't care how convincing he is to, like, persuade her to do certain things. But that is a step further. I completely agree. It's yeah. like, I almost want to say, like, it's equal. They're, in my mind, equally oh, yeah. as bad. Like, there's 100%. no one greater than the other. Like, her manipulation of the, the like, the victims, like, it almost makes it worse for Yeah, me. exactly. Um, so basically the police come and Tammy has this like bad chemical burn from the rag that they used and the police didn't even question it. They, they told her, they told the police it was like rug burn from when they tried to revive her. Um, and they ruled her death an accident. So, so Tammy was victim number one. Death was ruled an accident. Yeah. Homicide victim number one. Ugh. Um, and three weeks later, they filmed probably the most disgusting part of all of this, the fireside chat. The transcript is online if you want to read it. I don't recommend it. I don't recommend <laughs> it, like, on a full stomach. It's disgusting. It's basically them talking about how they loved, like, raping and killing Tammy. I can't, like I said, I don't even want to go over it. But it's- that to me, it's like literally no remorse. Like, talking about how much they loved it. Like, you guys are literally psychopaths. Like, you... It's so disgusting. Yeah, no. Like I said, I mean, if you want to check it out, you can find it online. It's... But it is super disturbing. Just be be prepared for, for that. Yeah. So, after this, you would think they would be like, Oh, no, that was such a horrible event. Like, I never want to do anything like that again. No, it only encouraged them to lure more young girls. Um, So Carla, like Krista mentioned, would kind of like manipulate girls and do all the dirty work for Paul to get them. So like, for example, she made a friend at a pet store she worked at. And this girl was only 15. And she invited this girl for like a girl's night out. They invited her back to their house. And again, they laced her alcohol with animal tranquilizers and she called Paul and said, oh, I have a surprise wedding gift for you. Yuck. Yeah. Ugh. So you can guess what happened after that. And Jane woke up feeling super miserable. And she thought it was just because it was the first time she drank alcohol. Like, like that's heartbreaking. What a poor little, like, baby angel. Yeah. Um, oh, and then they invited her back in August to sleep over. Did the exact same thing. But then she stopped breathing. 
So Carla called 911, but then she said, oh, never mind, everything's fine, because they were able to revive her. So, like, she was so close to being, like, saved, basically. um, And then she was like, never mind. Just kidding. Yeah. So it's just disgusting what they were doing. It's terrible. So moving on in the timeline. So we're now February 1st, 1991. So it's about a month after Tammy died. Mm-hmm. Or was murdered, I should say. Um, Par- Paul and Carla actually move in together at this time. Um, oh my god, I remember this note. <laughs> yes. So Carla, being the bright... I don't even know what to say about this. She's an idiot, basically, is what I'm trying to say. Selfish, brat, idiot head? Yeah. So she wrote a note to one of her friends explaining how annoyed she was that her parents... We're still mourning the death of her sister, Tammy. We're talking one month after she died, people. Like, this is disturbing. That is insane. And so I'm just going to read a little snippet of this letter. So it says, fuck my parents. They are being so stupid and only thinking of themselves. My father doesn't want us to have a wedding anymore. He thinks we should just go to the city hall. Screw that. (laughs) I love your sassy voice. (laughs) If he wants to stay home and be miserable, he's welcome to. Like, (laughs) what? You killed your sister. Yeah, like, and you have no remorse. You can't even comprehend that your family is mourning the death of your sister a month after she died. That you killed. Yeah. Well, not to mention, yeah, that you killed her. So, yeah, it's... It's, I I don't even understand how someone's brain works that I way. I really can't even begin to to understand. Because she's a it. psychopath. Yeah, I guess it's good that I don't understand. Yeah, it. we won't ever be able to understand. Yeah. So continuing on, that so this whole time, Carla and Paul are still making these disturbing sex tapes with Carla impersonating Tammy. Oh my god! Which is just horrifying to think of. Like, I don't know. It wasn't enough that you killed your sister, but now you're still, like, reenacting. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's so terrible. Like, n- no respect for the dead, either. It's not, like, oh, my God. Not at all. Not at all. So, June 15th, 1991, uh, Paul is driving around looking for license plates for his cigarette smuggling business, this little entrepreneur <laughs> we have. Um, And he spots Leslie Mahaffey, who is 14 years old and out front of her house. And it was about like 2 a.m. when when he spotted her. Um, So, yeah, 2 a.m. is very late for a 14 year old to be out. But one of her friends had actually recently passed away, Mm. which is why she she was out so late. I guess there was like a wake and then her and her friends were just hanging out after. Um, So this next part is really heartbreaking um her apparently by the time she got home she had seemingly missed her curfew right Mm -hmm. it's 2 a.m um and her parents were trying to teach her a lesson and they actually locked locked her out of the house oh my god imagine how guilty they feel uh terrible like i mean i i can't even imagine but what like how would you know that yeah this psychopath is going to be outside waiting for her I also, you know like if you think about the 90s i just feel like nowadays no one would ever do that to their 14 year old kid. no we're just in such a different time <laughs> yeah like i feel like in the 90s people like didn't lock their yeah. doors and like i'm like a psychopath in the sense i'm like i need to check and make sure every door is locked yeah. you know but like and 14 that, is young yeah super young 
super, super I always, young. like, listen to podcasts or, like, read things, and it's like, oh, 14-year-old victim, blah, blah, And then I, like, think about what 14-year-olds actually, like, look like and stuff, and I'm like, God, yeah, that is like, so young. That t- what, what grade are you Eighth grade. For? Eighth grade. Yeah, eighth or ninth. Eighth or ninth. That's crazy. When you put it in, like, terms like that, like, yeah. you're, you're a child. Like, yeah. you're a baby. Crazy. Oh, um, so she was attempting to try and get her parents to wake up and let her in when Paul rolls up and offers her a cigarette, which creep, ew, get away. Mm-hmm. Um, but Leslie, I mean, like we said, she's 14. She doesn't know. Yeah. Um, she got a little closer to where his car was and Paul basically attacked her and throw threw her in the car and took her back to his house that he shares with Carla. Lovely. Yeah, great little gift to come home to. Um, So Leslie was held for 24 hours in their home while the pair raped and tortured her. Um, They also filmed the entire thing on Paul's camera. Um, Like, what is with the camera? I don't know, but in a sense, I guess it's good because it worked out later to have that evidence. Um. But, yeah, as far as, like, being a killer, though, like, you think you wouldn't want any evidence. Mm-hmm. Like, especially a video of you doing all but this But, again, he never thought he would get caught. You're right. You're right. Like, it just goes to show how arrogant he he was. Um, so, yeah, everything was filmed except the murder itself. Um, and Carla actually later ended up saying that the reason they murdered Leslie was because her blindfold slipped off. Um, and she thought that they that Leslie would be able to identify oh. them. And so that's why they had to kill her. But I mean, at the end of the day, like, I don't, I think that's a load of crap. I think like they, they were to kill her. They were going to, they had to kill her anyways. Yeah. Like you can't just keep someone down there. So yeah, very disturbing. Um, Carla and Paul actually have like differing stories when it comes to actually who killed Leslie. Mm-hmm. So Paul states that Carla killed killed her uh, with a large dose of H- Hallison, I think is how you say it. How uh, Hallison? Hallison? <laughs> Hall- I don't know. We're not scientists. <laughs> um, but Carla says that Paul actually strangled her. Um, unfortunately, like we'll probably never know. Um, yeah. Because they ended up dismembering her body, encasing it in cement. And dumping that into a lake. Lovely. So, yeah, there's no way for us to actually know. But I did want to see your opinion. Like, who do you think... Did it? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I know that they've strangled people before. So, like, I wouldn't be surprised if Paul strangled her and Paul just tried to pin it on Carla. Because I feel like he just pushes Carla around and, like... Like, he knows that Carla always takes the blame right. for him. So No, I could see it being Carla, though. Like, she's kind of jealous. She's obviously... True. ...has issues. I know. know. It seems like she always wants to, like, please Paul, but then she gets jealous after. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. I guess it could go either way. Yeah. So, moving on in the timeline, guys. So, two weeks later, it's June 29th, 1991, my birthday. Uh, yeah, great, great timing here. Uh, Paul and Carla get married. Um, they had, like, the whole expensive wedding. While uh, her parents were in mourning. Yeah. 
a expensive wedding, a horse-drawn carriage. Oh my god. And a stupid poofy dress. It, the whole thing was over the top. And simultaneously, this part is crazy to me. Um, while Carla and Paul are over there tying the knot, uh, Leslie's remains were actually being discovered at this it's same time. It's really creepy to, like, look at the pictures of them in their wedding photos and, like, also think, like, oh, the police were literally digging up a body they killed at this time. Right, yeah. It's and so creepy. Can we just talk about how stupid they look on their wedding day? <laughs> I, like, can't get over it. <laughs> they really do look like Barbie and Ken. Like... They do. Like, they're... That's probably why the name was, like... Well, yeah, and, like, when you look at them, though, like, they are, like, attractive yeah. people, right? Like, they're... Both blonde, like... Blonde, long blonde hair for her. Mm -hmm. Like, he, like you wouldn't expect them to be killers like yeah. and that's what i think is so like intriguing about it is because it might be why they got away with it for so long because yeah. like you look at them and you're like no way like your mind wouldn't go there you mm -hmm. know but looks can be deceiving people for sure so we're gonna fast forward now so it's april 16th 1992 uh, Paul and Carla decide it's time to find another victim. So they parked in a church parking lot. Uh, and this is where they encounter Kristen mm. French. So Kristen was 15 years old. Uh, she was walking home from school when Carla, again, luring victims, calls out to her and pretends that she needs help with directions. It's so much easier to trust a couple than it is to trust like one guy yeah like if some if a female was calling out asking for help i would have way more yeah. willingly went over there to exactly help. I, I mean you know me i'm the most gullible person in the world <laughs> that's not a lie at all <laughs> um so paul basically came up from behind and threw her into the car um, now, I do want to mention this. It was, like, broad daylight. So they're getting bold, right? It's broad daylight. People were around and actually saw this happen and didn't do anything until Kristen's parents reported her missing. How do you see that and not do anything? I don't know. And that's I report sometimes even the most, like, trivial of things. Well, that's good. And more people should because people didn't come forward until they started, like, broadcasting yeah. everywhere that like she was missing and then that's when everyone started coming for, forward with what they mm. saw um unfortunately one of those people had some i'll call it vision issues vision issues. <laughs> um they swore this lady swore that the pair that kidnapped Kristen were driving a beige camaro when it was actually a gold nissan so. like why how can you be like so sure I, well, okay, eyewitness, like, accounts are so unreliable. Like, you don't know what you saw, and well, it's also, proven. Like, and if you don't really know what you saw, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I think it was a gold Camaro. I yeah. wouldn't, like, swear it was. Yeah, right? Like, I wouldn't, yeah, in this, like I said, she swore that's the car it yeah. was. Like, I don't know if she thought she was some kind of car buff, but <laughs> it's not her forte, so. <laughs> oh, my God. Kristen was actually held captive the longest out of their victims. So she was held for three whole days, which Jeez. which is a long time if you think about it, like being held against your will. Yeah. that's Those days must have felt so long for her, you know? Um, and she too, she too endures the same horrendous fate of being tortured, raped, um, and eventually murdered by Carla and Paul. 
Uh, it's speculated that Paul actually had a thing for Kristen, which is why she was kept alive for so long. Um, he also made her say that she loved him. And you can kind of tell when Carla's like talking about this, that she, like in her demeanor, that she was actually jealous of, of mm-hmm. uh, Kristen and the way that Paul felt about Kristen. Yeah. Um, and like, I even remember seeing something about like, sh- he showed her, his, uh, his music that like, his, <laughs> he his talked rap. about, yes, he wanted to be a rapper and I guess he like played his music for her. Imagine like, how disturbed this poor girl was. I know. And like, it's really sad. Like, also like, having to listen to his music. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm sure was. Terrible. I would actually love to listen to his music. I wish we could find it. Me too. Maybe we could have it as like the intro for the podcast. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> So, unfortunately, on April 19th, though, Kristen's life was taken. Again, similar to Leslie's situation, they both blame each other in regards to who actually committed the murder. So weird how they both turn on each other. I know. I really... And that's what makes me think that it might be Carla. I think it was Carla for this girl, probably. Yeah, for sure. So, Kristen's body was found... With her, her hair, hair partially shaved. Yes. That to me sounds and, like she's jealous and wanted to make her like look ugly or something. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they said that they did that to try and like disguise her, but I think like your theory makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Like, I think she, she was extremely was like, jealous of her. Yeah. She probably just like did it in a rage or something. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Paul maintains that Carla was the one who committed the murders, but I don't know. I think it's debatable. I think. To your point, I think this one is has Carla yeah. written all over it. I don't know. I could see him being the one who's who's doing it though too. Like he wanted to like we have to keep in mind, he wanted to keep these mm-hmm. girls like as his sex slaves. So like it makes sense that he would want to keep them around longer. Yeah. Um, whereas like I think Carla is just trying to please him in any sick, twisted way, even if she didn't like like that he was doing this, yeah. you know? Totally. I don't know. So soon after Kristen's murder, uh, police start to to realize that these murders are connected. Um, they end up releasing a sketch of the potential killer, which, aka Paul, and coworkers and friends actually call in to report a tip that they think it could be Paul Bernardo. It's crazy, like if you work with him and you sense that he's like a little creepy, and then the composite comes out, you're like, shit, like. Could it be? Can you imagine I how know. crazy it would be if, like, a composite sketch came out with someone that you work with and you're like, that is my coworker. Or your friend. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah, that's even, yeah. Who out of our friends would it be? I don't know. Edgar. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ed. Shout Ed. <laughs> oh, so, in January 1993, the honeymoon phase apparently ended for poor Carla and Paul. Uh, Carla ended up leaving Paul after he essentially just, like, beat the crap out of her with a flashlight. Which surprises me that she left him still. Well, I think, I mean, you have to think, like, the abuse was probably going on for, like, True. a long time. Maybe it was, like, she was at the end of her rope or something. Yeah, like... It, it must have been going on for a while, you know, like for her to, because I want to say April 1992 was the last time that they had taken anyone. Mm. So this has been like a, a year now. Um, yeah. So yeah, there was probably a lot of abuse 
into that time. And so she finally, I think that, I guess, getting the crap beat out of you with a flashlight was the last straw for her. Yeah. Um, and she ended up getting actually, like, hospitalized for it, so. Crazy. I think I saw pictures. Oh, like, it's really bad. bad. It is bad. Like, it literally looks like someone beat the crap yeah. out of her. Um, so, yeah, within a month or so, a DNA sample from Paul confirmed that he was the Scarborough rapist, though. Um, so, like you alluded to earlier, he had willingly given his DNA. Like, two years ago. Two years prior. And it finally came back that he was the one doing this. So police put him under surveillance and ended up arresting him in February of 1993. Wow. Yeah. So we have three murders, right? Mm-hmm. We have At Leslie. Least. I mean, who yeah, knows? Leslie, Kristen, and Tammy. Um, and the Jane Doe, right? Or they I didn't kill her. I don't think they killed I don't think her. They killed her. No, but and countless rapes right like we don't even know yeah um so the next part i'm gonna tell you prepare to be outraged <laughs> yeah everyone because <laughs> i was outraged i am baffled by this whole situation so carla ends up getting a lawyer right when she starts to see everything going down with paul and somehow managed to get this sweetheart deal in exchange for testifying against paul So she gets a 12-year sentence. And let me just tell you how they did this. (laughs) Two 10-year sentences to be served at the same time. Which makes zero sense. So one 10-year sentence for uh, Leslie, one 10-year sentence for Kristen, and then another two years for Tammy's death. So a total of, like I said. That is insane. 12 years. Um, It's a lot. Uh... I don't I don't think the cops knew, right? Okay, so they hadn't seen the tapes yet. Correct. So that's what I was gonna get into next. So the infamous horrific tapes that Paul and Carla made were actually found right before Paul's trial. And people went freaking crazy when they saw like how much of a role Carla actually had. Because her deal was already wrapped up by then. Already done, right? So they actually went and tried to go back and like renegotiate but i guess you can't in canada you can't do that Mm -hmm. so it didn't matter like the deal was done yeah and yeah like i think it really opened everyone's eyes to like wow she was heavily involved this wasn't like he made me do this yeah she's a willing participant in this uh so paul was found guilty of rape and murder and kidnapping and was given life in prison um, which, yeah, sorry. <laughs> which is only 20 years in Canada, which is... Like, That's crazy. It's super weird to me. I remember seeing that somewhere else, but... Like, you could be committed when you're 18 and be out by your, when you're, like, 35. Yeah, so there's... there They do have, like, some ways around that. For, oh. for Paul, exi- like, for example, he was labeled a dangerous offender, okay. which means you'll most likely Got never it. be let out. But yeah, generally speaking, I guess their life is only 20 years, which is... Weird. I know. Very strange. Um, so Paul's application for parole was denied, thank God, in 2018. So like I said, Paul will be most likely staying in, yeah. in jail till he dies. Um, so Carla... On the other hand, while she's serving her stupid 12-year sentence, um, she ended up dating another inmate who was referred to basically as another Paul Bernardo. So she clearly has a type. Yeah. 
the parole board actually denied her release because of this relationship hmm. with him. I wonder, like, why? Because they they thought it was unhealthy. She was, like, sending him, like, nude, <laughs> like, pictures and stuff. In like, jail? Yeah, and, like, they just thought this guy is, like, not a good guy. Like, so if you, if clearly if you're with him, like, yeah, you must yeah. not be reformed. Yeah. Um, but she was eventually released in 2005. Um, she's so wait, so by the time, so that's only, yeah, 12 years. Yeah. About. She had to serve the whole sentence. Yeah. She even went up to the parole board when I think she had already done like a third of her sentence and they denied her again because they Mm. just didn't think she was ready to get out. So she did her 12 years. Um, and she has since remarried, um, given birth, which is uh, three kids, right? Three kids. Three lives taken, three kids oh. from Carla. Oh my god, that just gave me chills. It's I, I the how the someone fact, like this can have a child, like it have shouldn't children. be allowed. It no. shouldn't be allowed. Like the fact that she took three lives means that she shouldn't be able to get more lives into like yeah no you she should like she's not fit to be a mother yeah like she's sick yeah she's sick and she needs at least to be like hospitalized also, you like, know you can literally look up the most disturbing stuff about her like imagine her kids looking this stuff oh, up yeah. because they will yeah she she i know she tried to change her name because she was getting harassed so much when she got out of jail but yeah, it's but like it's yeah all over the internet yeah like, people know it's horrific I saw a video of like I think she tried to volunteer at her kids preschool yes and people were like protesting yeah rightfully so yeah like she is a dangerous person the fact that she's out is I don't have words for it she moved to I think Quebec right where it's French speaking yeah I think she wanted to get kind of like a new identity so like she started I bet she did (laughs) yeah (laughs) like I can't it's so crazy. I, I can't believe she's out. Like, imagine that being your neighbor. I know. Like... And you'd know it was her, too. That's oh, the thing. for like, sure. Everyone is aware of it in that community. Yeah. So creepy. It's terrible. So, yeah, we have Paul in jail where he will hopefully die. Yeah. And Carla is out in the Just world. Roman free, having yeah. a family, living life. Yeah. So, I mean, I... I have, I don't even know what to say. Like, I can't believe that she's out living. Yeah, like, has three children of her own now. Like, I pray that she's at least, like, not abusing those children as well. Um, God, it's so gross. Yeah, it's not a good story. But like I said, if you want to know more about, like, Carla's actual involvement, you can Mm -hmm. look up stuff. Like, there is the the fireside tape. The fireside chat is pretty much all you would need to read. Yeah, it's really... It's the transcript. So, like, they don't have the tape, thank God, anywhere. Yeah. But the transcript of them both talking in it is online. Yeah, maybe check it out. Like, because I think it does give you an insight to how much of a role she honestly played. Like, she was not... And liked playing that role. Yes, she was not coursed into this. She was a willing participant. Like, she was... In my eyes, equally as guilty yeah. as as Paul. She should be living and in should jail be right in now. prison. But yeah. that's the world that's we live in. That's the story in. of the Ken and Barbie killers. Ken and Barbie killers, aka Carla Homoka and Paul Bernardo. They actually remind me a lot about this Australian couple, David and Catherine Bernie. Mm-hmm. They would like abduct young girls and keep them in their house oh and my like gosh. rape them and either kill them or like let them go Uh sometimes 
And Ty and I actually watched this movie. I think it was on Hulu, but I, I mean, we watched it back in like 2016, 2017. It's called Hounds of Love. And it's like a scripted movie. Right. Based on David and Catherine Burney. Oh, I'll and have to check that out. You should watch it because it reminds me a lot of Carla and Paul. That's like, it's the same, like, couple dynamic. dynamic like, yeah. It's so weird. Yeah, I can't imagine. Like, the psychology behind that is just so strange to me. For sure. Yeah. So, yeah, there you have it, y'all. I hope you were able to kind of sit with us and digest it all because it's a lot. Yeah. So, first. First podcast back from post four times, I guess. Four times, yeah. I mean, we really have no excuse to record more, like to yeah. not record more often. So this is our promise yeah. that we're going to more. More content coming, guys. Yeah, hang with us. Adios. Bye.